0: Good morning, greetings to you all this Sunday morning, resurrection morning, praise the Lord. I went upstairs to get, a, get some tape, but there was none up there, so I guess we'll have to do without. Um, I have some illustrations, I guess, this morning, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, praise the Lord. For His mercy, the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Praise God for His mercy this morning. I trust that we're uh, rejoicing in His mercy this morning. Well, I was on for next Sunday, and Larry wondered if he could switch with me. They're not here this morning, so uh, we trust the Lord for some more manna from heaven this morning. Let's turn to John chapter 12 this morning. I'd like to read this passage. John 12, starting at verse... uh, Let's start at verse 22, or verse 23, I'm sorry. St. John chapter 12, starting at verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people thereof that stood by and heard it said that it thundered, another said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. And I think we'll stop reading there. We're pretty much going to zero in on this portion of scripture here this morning. Um, But let's, before we go any further, let's just pause for prayer. Shall we do that? Let's pray. Yes, Heavenly Father, we worship You. We praise You. We thank You, Lord, for Your mercy. This morning, God, Your mercies are new again this morning. Lord, God, we thank You for Your faithfulness, Father. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, God, we worship and we praise You. We thank You this morning. For Jesus, who was willing to come and die on the cross and give his life a ransom for many. Oh God, I pray, Lord, just be, continue to be with us here this morning. I pray, God, minister, touch our hearts. Lord, we need you, Father. We're a needy people, Lord. But God, we thank you that you're able to meet every need in this room, Father. God, you're able to meet my need here this morning, Lord, and We thank You for that, O God. I pray, Father, that we will look unto Jesus, the author and Finish of our faith. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. And now He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Seated there, yes, also making intercession for every one of us here this morning and those that are listening in and those that cannot be here. God, I pray, Father, just touch each and every heart. Lord, we're looking to You. We're looking to Thee, O God, I pray. Father, You know the needs, Lord. You know the needs in every heart. And God, I just pray, help us to be open and honest and transparent before You and before each other, Lord. Taking our mask off, O God, I pray. And letting the real man be real, Lord. O God, I pray, Father. We call upon You this morning. And Lord, I also pray, God, for those that would be in the midst here this morning that are not born again. God, we pray even as we look at this passage of Scripture, God, that You would speak, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, Father, this morning. Speak to all of us, God. We, we pray, Father, we need You, Lord. We need You, dear God. And we thank You for Your Word this morning. Have Your way, I pray, and ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Yes, well this is uh uh this past week I forget which night it was that I went to bed and and the thought came to me uh, <clears> of <throat> of uh <clears throat> the Christian life and the thought was that how does the Christian win? How does the Christian win? You know, we can play games and we can win if we're the greatest and the best, or if we're, yeah, do whatever, or do, our, do what we should do, I guess, <laughs> and we exercise, and we practice, and we do all those things, but how is it in the, in, the, in the Christian life? How does the Christian win? How does the Christian win? How do you win, my brother, my sister, this morning, in your walk with God? And so that thought was going through my mind, and I I didn't sleep the best. It wasn't that I was uh, feeling miserable or anything. It was just that my thoughts were just going. <clears throat> so my mind went to this portion of scripture, <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> I have a I made a call, a couple calls this morning. And I asked different farmers for an ear of corn, but nobody had an ear of corn. Even Daryl Beachy didn't have an ear of corn. So all the picture is going to have to do, and I'm not sure how to do this. Where wonder if this thing would clip up underneath there. I'll see if it stays hanging. Can you see that ear of corn? well, I was kind of uh, kind of particular in what type of ear of corn I wanted. You can get some ears that don't look so nice, but this one here looks fairly nice and straight. And of course, my mind goes back to years ago when I lived on the farm back in Pennsylvania, uh, Martindale, New Holland area there. I grew up on the farm and my dad... Did not have a big combine like these farmers do out here in Iowa. We every fall, we, I don't know how many acres, maybe five acres, we would go out there in the field one row at a time. Well, maybe there's three of us. We took three rows and then we had a a, a meal, two meals in a wagon, and we would go down year after year, one by one, down the Row, we went to the other end and then turned around and came back through that. Sometimes, maybe, it depends how long the row was, whether the wagon got fueled or not. <clears throat> so, that's what I grew up with picking corn by hand. So, that brought memories back. <clears throat> Just seeing that ear of corn. And I don't, like I said, you see this ear of corn, the, uh, maybe you can't see it from there, but it's pretty nice and straight. Is that amazing? God's, this God's creation. But the other thing they tell me is that roughly an ear of corn has about, who can tell me how many uh, kernels on an ear? You know, Daryl? Okay. Anybody else know? Want to guess? How many years or how many kernels are in an ear of corn? Good try. A little bit low.? <laughs> no, I don't think it was I would think it' was a little higher, even the lowest cor- you know, the regular corn cob. Well, I think it was between uh, Oh, now I forget 600 and 1,400. Maybe the average was 7,800. Is that about right, Daryl? eight hundred kernels of corn. On one corn cob. So we read this passage here in John. It says, verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, except a kernel of wheat, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much. How does the Christian win? How do you and I win? Well, just... just uh, I did ask Daryl if he has some, if he has some uh, corn kernels. And he gave me a whole bag full this morning. I only think I needed one. Here we have one kernel... Of corn. (laughs) I actually thought of this morning. I have this thing in my hand, it's going to pop into the auditorium and and hit somebody, so hopefully it won't happen. But here we have one little kernel of corn. Who can tell me what's in this kernel? Life, that's right. How do you know? Yeah, I think we have enough experiment. Year after year, I was thinking of that this morning. So back 30, let me think here, I'm 50 years old. 40, 40 years ago, when I was picking corn by hand, still farmers still put this same kind of kernel in the ground. And what happens? Up comes the plant. Year after year after year after year after year. Well, there's life in this kernel, but we also know that uh, if this kernel would be selfish, what would happen? Elijah, what would happen? Not sure? you think a plant would come forth? So we, put the, so we put this kernel into the ground and put a little, little bit of dirt over it. And as that kernel, I'm not a scientist, but as that kernel dies or it gives up its life and allows that plant to come forth. I've seen a, a, a kernel already where it splits open and you see the plant come out. How many of you have seen that? Probably many of us have seen that. <clears throat> a plant comes out. <clears throat> So there's life in a seed and they also tell me that some of these seeds are, can be hundreds years old and there's still life in them. That's uncomprehendable. I don't know if that's true facts or not, but that's what I found. <clears throat> there's life in the seed. <clears throat> so it says here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So, what would happen if we would put this kernel into the ground and leave it in the ground, and the, the kernel would say, I'm not going to uh, die, and I'm not going to give up my life for, for this, this plant that wants to come up out of me? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be selfish this morning. I'm going to be selfish. What would happen? It would stay there all by itself and probably rot away if it's in the ground. But you know, that's not how God designed uh, corn kernels. He designed Randall, Darrell, and whoever else is a farmer here this morning. When you put that kernel into the ground, life comes out and the plant comes out and you have these nice, nice straight rolls of corn that are very beautiful here in Iowa. <clears throat> But what happens with that one little kernel that is willing to give up its life, and out comes a big, by, by, you plant it in the spring, and I'm amazed how fast this corn grows by July the 4th. Why it's, it's, it's about as tall as me, I think, they're, uh, James's corn, they're our neighbor. <clears throat> it grows very fast, and by, the, by fall, you have a nice ear of corn if there's enough of rain and all that. And now you have how many more kernels? Let's say 800 more kernels. That's how it works. That's how it works. 800 more kernels. And I, and I asked Daryl this morning if, whether he has a couple kernels and he sent me a, a zap back and said he has 24,000,000,000. Zero, 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 how many was that? <laughs> 24 million? Two million. Two billion. 2 million? <laughs> <laughs> amen the corn was willing to die that Darrow could have so many uh, kernels of corn but you know there's one problem with us as people you know God has given us a beautiful picture of what corn does and like I said I like to see I don't know. I like to see straight rows, and I still remember a preacher years ago, back when I worked for my brother-in-law out in Blair County. And he talked about, and I think he was talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus. And he talked about using this two-row or two-row corn planter, probably with his mules, and uh, and he would to, to to make a straight row. He would he would look to the other end and see a tree or something and and sight it up with that so his roll would get straight. Yeah, we uh, as people... What was I saying about the beautiful corn that we see here in Iowa? It's because the seeds were willing to die And so here we are, brothers and sisters, this morning. What can we learn from this? uh, What can we learn from corn this morning and this passage of Scripture that we read here about Jesus? I had wanted to sing that song, uh, 245, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Maybe we'll just talk about it this morning, maybe look into it here a little bit. 2:45: When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ, my Lord. all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. I think this is a familiar song for us all this morning. When I survey the wondrous cross, what do you come away with? when you ponder, when you think about this song, when we think about what Jesus did for us on the cross, what do we come away with? What do we come away with? Well, I think there's different things we can come away with, but this morning I want us to ponder as far as uh, coming away with this one thing. This morning I would like us to come away with seeing... Jesus' selfless life. Where we see our own selfishness and say, Lord, make me like Jesus. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, what do I come away with? You know, we live in a day and age in in, in America, Christianity, sad to say, a lot of what we hear, it's, and, 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 and how do I say it in a right way? You know, it's, it's true. Jesus did die for us. But the, the problem is that the, the Christianity or the, the Gospel that is out there too much is, is they want Jesus to do all the dying. And Jesus did die. But brothers and sisters, except this kernel of corn, fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. There it sits, unfruitful, worth nothing. Why? Because it didn't want to die. It didn't want to give up its life so that a nice corn cob could come out of it. And isn't it the same way for us? You know, if we, because of our selfishness, we don't want to die in this area or that area in our life, there will be fruit. Or how should I say, there will be no fruit. No fruit. No fruit. When Jesus comes to your tree this morning, if Jesus uh, comes to your tree this morning, my brother, my sister... Does he find a corn cob of kernels? What does he find on my tree this morning? This morning, I would like us to come away with seeing his selfless life. Jesus died, my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Where we see our own selfishness and say, Lord, make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. We want Jesus to do all the dying, but that is not the total gospel, if I can say it that way. If we want the full gospel, if we want, Vernon, you had that children's lesson about the leg to work when... Uh, when you say to your uh, child or to your employee, where it, how did you say that? Is it as good as done? No, you didn't say it that way. Consider it, Consider it done. Consider it done. It works. This person, this individual, when I tell him to do something, he does it. Can you get it? It works. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe I'm losing you there. It works. You know, when we die, the Christian life also works. That's the point I'm trying to make. If we die, the Christian life works. If we don't die, my brother, my sister, the Christian life is a hard life. Hard life. It doesn't work. It's like a... How is that? That leg out of joint. That tooth that aches. That hurts. And then we go to this person. We go to that person. We go to this whatever that. Trying to find an answer. But I tell you, the answer is right here this morning. In this example of of the scripture where it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. God designed that when you put a kernel into the ground, that this is what will be the result. Praise God. And when we accept the Lord Jesus and we survey the wondrous cross and we realize what He did for us and we come away with seeing our own selfishness, And we say, Lord, have mercy on me. Change me. So that I can be more like Jesus. I can be more like you, Lord Jesus. Help me to die. I have two, if you will, titles this morning Glorify Thy Name. Lord, help me to die. And I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether I wanted to say that title, but that's what the other night that I was in meditation, that was the title that came to me. Lord, help me to die. And that doesn't sound very nice. You know, we like the, uh, we like the, the glory. We like the power. We like the, the dunamis power. But you know, brothers and sisters, Jesus, first, how should I say it this morning? First, there was Calvary. Then, there was Pentecost, right? First, there was a Calvary. Then, there was Pentecost. If you want power in your life, and if you're lacking power in your life, it's probably because you don't like I think it's as simple as that. I think it's as simple as that. There may be some variances here and there, but for the most part, I think that's usually what it comes down to. At least I find it that way in my own life. Lord, help me to die. But we don't want to die. You know, and I even even said to the family this past week, I said, you know, it's very obvious, even with this virus thing, we don't want to die, we want to... We, we don't want to be around anybody that would have it. And I'm not making light of that. It's just a fact. And I believe there's, God, there's a God-given thing where we don't want to die. But we're talking a little bit about a little different thing here this morning. We're talking about a spiritual thing here. Where we die to ourselves. Where we're dead to ourselves. Mm. Matthew 20, verse 28, is a verse that I like. And I was reminded, Aaron Hurst, years ago, we went up to Wisconsin. I don't know how close it was to you, Pete, so where you were up last weekend. It was up there somewhere. There was a church up there. And, and I went up with Aaron Hurst to Daniel Rudolph was up there uh, ministering. And I went along with Aaron. And they had, or I was on to have the opening. Oh my, that was the first time I preached. I, I actually got up front in front of the church like that. And here it was new people. And that night I was struggling. I was struggling. And I, I just told Aaron and Daniel, I don't, I don't think I can it. <laughs> and bless God, they had faith, not in me. <laughs> they had faith in God that God could somehow use this poor, poor, uh, poor, 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 poor boy that, that didn't feel like he could do it. But this was the verse. This was the passage. I still remember being out there working on a roof somewhere where this this, uh, verse came to me. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. There is the key. My brothers, my sisters, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, He didn't come to see what He could get out of life, but He came to see what He could give, if if you can say it that way. He came to give His life for you and me so that we could have salvation, so that we could be set free, and yes, that we could die to ourselves, and that the life of Christ would flow out of us. We want Jesus to do all the dying, but... You know, when we become a child of God, we are no more our own. We we reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, and and we put off the old man and his deeds, and we put on Christ. But we have a choice. You know, it would be so nice. I read a lot of books in my in my in my years about the, uh, and this is one of them, embraced by the cross, about dying to self and the cross and all that. And I felt like there's something there that I I want to get a hold of, and I. I still am in in in, in 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 endeavoring to understand all the concepts of it <clears throat> let's go to Philippians chapter two verse one to ten <clears throat> in the wrong direction here. <clears throat> Philippians 2, verse 1 and 10. To 1 and 10. <clears throat> Maybe we'll break in at verse 2. That Fulfill you my joy that ye be like mine at having the same love, being a one accord, of one mine. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man in his own things, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of his servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of His servant and was made in the likeness of men. He humbled Himself. He was willing to die. Because He was willing to die, God highly exalted Him, given Him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. Praise God that Jesus was willing to die for you and me. Maybe we should just go back to our. I wanted to look at Matthew there a little bit more in that verse that we quoted about the Son of Man. Well, let's look at that one. Sorry. Matthew. uh, Let's just turn there. Matthew 20, verse 28. I want to get the context of that verse. It says here in uh, Matthew 20, verse uh, 25, But Jesus called them unto Him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister." And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And we read that here in in Philippians, it says, He took upon himself, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of his servant, and was made in the likeness of men. But you know, we as people, we want to have status, we want to have, we want to be somebody. You want to be somebody? Read this again. Whosoever will be chief. You want to be on the top? Whosoever will be chief among you. Whosoever will be chief among you. Let him be your servant. Let him be like Jesus. Let him be like Jesus. Okay, let's go back to John again. See if we can find some more encouragement out of this passage that we read. Verse 24 we looked at. Let's look at verse 25 a little bit here and then we'll go on. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. He that loveth his life shall lose it. So if we are too, if we're afraid to die and we don't want to die, what does it say here? He that loveth his life. In the end, you're going to lose it anyways. You're going to lose it anyways. Mm. He that hateth or loveth his life less in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Unto life eternal. Let the axe be laid to the root of the tree. Mm. Well, let's go on here. It says here, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. You want God's honor on your life? Here it is. Here it is. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. I don't have a lot of comment on that. I want to go on here. Verse 27, where Jesus says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify Thy name. Have you ever pondered this this verse here? Now, Jesus is saying, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, Save me from this hour. You know, Jesus, He was still, he was still in an earthly, just like you and I had an earthly body and felt and, and all those things like we do, had feelings. <clears throat> Father, save me from this hour. As He was looking ahead and realizing the cost that it was going to take, it was going to take His life. But he says, then he says, but for this cause came I unto this hour. This is the reason I came. I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. This is what Jesus came for. Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. I came to give my life. And then Jesus says, Father, glorify Thy name. Jesus came to do the will of His Father. He always wanted His Father to be glorified. And here He says, Father, glorify Thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now, this is Jesus. This is, he, is our, he is our example. I want to somehow bring this down to us where we're at here today. Are you troubled this morning? Are you in trouble? And I'm not sure how this word, this word troubled, I was thinking, well, was Jesus ever troubled? Now as my it says here, His soul was troubled. And it's the same where He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believing God, believe also in Me. Even though maybe there was a flash where His soul was troubled because He realized what was laying before Him. But He says... Father save me from this hour but for this hour came I but for this cause came I unto this hour and then he says father glorify thy name are you in trouble this morning do you feel like you have failed i have failed we all have failed are we real this morning i uh don't have my phone on me but i got a something yesterday about Pennsylvania. Apparently, the governor there is asking them to wear masks to go to church. And so they had a little bit of an article there about masks, wearing masks. And, but in the end there, he just kind of said, the house of God is where we take our masks off. We take our masks off. Now, read that right. okay? We take our masks off. We don't come to church with a mask on We don't come to church pretending everything is fine when it is not fine. If we're troubled, then we don't try to hide it. Why? Because if we try to hide it, we're going to stay alone. Just like this seed that goes in the ground and doesn't... doesn't... uh, spring forth because it's selfish or because it doesn't want to give up its life. Now is my soul troubled. Church is a place where we take our mask off. Now is my soul troubled. Are you troubled this morning? Am I troubled this morning? I have to say last night, as I was, like like I said, that, I think it was Thursday night. It just felt like the message was so clear. Then I come to yesterday and it's just like I was befuddled. I was befuddled. It's kind of like, you know, I kind of, nah, nah, nah. Like, I just didn't feel like, Lord, maybe you must have something else. It just didn't want to come together. And I read this verse and it just hit. Jesus, yes, His soul was troubled. Our souls are troubled at times. But if if we're a Christian here this morning, is it not our desire that God's name would be glorified? Yes, I believe so. God's name will be glorified. That God's name will be glorified. That's my cry. That was my heart last night there or yesterday afternoon as I was just feeling like it's not coming together. I felt like I was in trouble. You feel like you're in trouble? But yet you have a heart that is crying and saying, Father, glorify Thy name through this vessel of clay. May your name be glorified. You are worthy. we we'll have faith like Jesus as He struggled there in the garden. He wrestled there. Not my will, but Thy will be done. He submitted Himself to the will of His Father and He got up and He said, I think He said something out, let's go forth. Father, glorify Thy name. Is that Your cry this morning? I hope it is. I hope it's a cry of all of us. And if it isn't, I pray that it will be. Father, glorify Thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Do you catch that, my brother, my sister? Do you want God's name to be glorified? (sighs) Do you feel like you're in trouble this morning because of this reason or that reason? And if we can bring it down to the message that we're preaching about dying to self. The reason we're in trouble is because the reason it doesn't work is because somewhere we did not die. Amen. Are you with me? Do I have you lost in the woods? Father, glorify thy name. We have we have caused trouble, maybe. And we're troubled. But yet we want God's name to be glorified. And then we hear these reassuring words that says, from heaven, a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And you might be sitting here this morning, you might say, well, that was for Jesus. That is not for me. That is not for me. I say it is for you. I say it is for me. Can you see the the faith or the uh, encouragement in there? Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. God's name will be glorified when we die to self, God's name will be glorified. When we die to self. It's that simple. I'm not sure if I did justice on what I saw there last night in there. In there but uh, pun- uh, meditate on it. Meditate on it. And then he says. Uh, the people thereof that stood by heard it and said that it thunder. And others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said. This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. This voice did not come for me, but it came for your sakes. Do you ever find yourself in a place where you feel like you feel like you're up against? God specializes in those, and I say in those uh, uh, places. God specializes in. In helping uh, when we come up to the Red Sea. Was it Elisha said, came up to the sea and he struck the water and he said, Where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted. You know, we are too much where we want to try to figure things out ourselves, we want to try to make this thing work ourselves. And God is not glorified. But there's times when God brings us to the place where we're up against. We're up against the Red Sea. And there is no other way out but to cast ourselves upon God. And we're saying, Lord, glorify thy name. And his, his words come back to us, and, they, and he says, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Mm. Praise God. That is shouting material this morning, brothers and sisters. If you can get in, into what it's saying there. What, what I see out of it. What, it what, what God ministered to my own heart. You see, Paul says in Philippians, he says something about when he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Ugh, maybe I should turn to it there. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of circumcision, Philippians chapter 3. where we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. None at all. The flesh needs to die. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So this is, this, this is God, uh, Paul's credentials Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, tribe of the of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal of persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I count a loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His suffering, be made conformable unto His death. This was Paul's cry, that I might know Him. He was not... uh, like I was saying earlier, looking that Jesus would do all the dying. You can read of Paul's in Corinthians second uh, Corinthians there of all that he went through. In Acts, I think, too, there's different uh, places there where we can read about Paul, what he all went through.
1: <clears throat>
0: he said in, in, in Corinthians there, he said, I die daily. And I think it's in the context of where uh, his life was at, at stake, where people were uh, wanting to, to get rid of him, to kill him. I die daily. Paul says here that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. Is that your cry this morning? Is that my cry this morning? Are you lacking power that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death? Lord, help me to die. Lord, help me to die. I have a couple other things here I wanted to read. Um, this is something I might have read some of it before already here at church. But it's, uh, it's out of the book, Touching the Invisible by Norman Grubb. And it's, it's on meekness, but it's very fitting in light of what we're looking at here this morning. Having settled that the central core of meekness is that in every situation which arises, we must be sure that we die. Things occur which move us to fear, anger, retaliation, argument, self-defense. Under such impulse, we leap to use We impulse we leap to the use of force by word or deed, whether only in its mildest forms of arguing our own view or pursuing our own course of action. To all these, in every such crisis, whether major or minor, we must acquire the habit of dying and knowing by the Spirit's witness that we have died. Such a habit will be inwrought by the Spirit in the experience of all who persistently take this way. With that accomplished, we are lifted automatically into the heavenly places of meekness. A clear vision shows what we should be. The outcome that honors God, glorifies God. An inborn faith gives assurance that it will come to pass in, consequent, po- in a consequent pose the faith that overcomes the world. If we speak, it is with humility and tenderness of Christ. With healing, not hurting words. If we act, it is in loving service. If we think or speak of others, it is believing all things, hoping all things. Inward victory has been won. Inward power is flowing out. Outward circumstances and people will be conformed to that inward vision and faith. True force has won the day. How do we win? Again, I ask the question, how do Christians win? We don't do it the way the, 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 the government or the authorities of this world. That's not how we win. And it's very clear in Scripture. You can just go There's a Sermon on the Mount. We all know that so well. I trust we do. We don't win the way the world wins. They win by they use force, and God has put them there for that reason. Or we would live in a in a ungod- or a, 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 a lawless society. So we praise God for law and order. <clears throat> but God has a higher plane for us to walk as His people, as His Christians, as His people, <clears throat> and that is where we by His Spirit, can live out a life that glorifies God. And it comes by dying. We don't like to die, but let's remember that's where life comes from. First, I, I was, and, and we were hearing John, and we were, uh, uh about
1: uh,
0: uh, Lazarus. He was dead. And Jesus came to him and he said, Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Did he stay in the grave? He came out. He's a living man. And you know what? That there scared the. Uh, and Elvin, I still remember years ago, we were, I think it was at a prayer meeting back in Leola there, charity. <clears throat> We're talking about this. This was the testimony of... Let, let me just read it here. In, uh, it's in verse 11, chapter 11, verse 48. If we let him... If, if we let thus... Well, let me read 47 so we get the context. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away our place and nation. They were afraid that this man is going to, everybody's going to believe in him. Well, it says here, I didn't read it, but here in the uh, uh, scriptures that I read, John chapter 12, it says, Now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from all, from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And the point that I like to make yet in closing here is that I long to see God's power in a greater way in my own life. And the life here is a church body. And I believe here is a key. It's a key. <clears throat> And just like Lazarus, he was dead. And Jesus came on the scene and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Loose him and let him go. The world is looking on. I just had somebody this past week talking to somebody local here. We got him to do some sheep shearing for us. And he asked a question about our church. And I just had to ponder. I'm not going to go into what he, what he said, but, but to me it was just like, is God's power being manifested out of these? And of course we know the church is people. It's not a building. The church is people. Is God's power being manifested? Andrew, is you at your work? and Pete, is you at your work? and Daryl, is your farming? And, and uh, all the others here. While we're at, at our workplace. Or where we meet people. Do they see the power of God? To where it appeals to them? To where they have to say, I'm undone. I'm undone. As they see, you, you have read of the, the examples of those that, that that were being persecuted and 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 pretty much some of them gave their very life but but some of them their persecutors they just loved their they loved their persecutor and 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 some of them they couldn't they didn't know what to do with it. And they came to the place where they surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus. Why? Because they saw Christ. Shining, living out of that man and they couldn't get away from it. <clears throat> May God help us. May God help us. May we die. May we die. That Jesus can live is pretty much the bottom line. <clears throat> you might say, well, I had, I had the, uh, when I got born again, I died and, and it's good, good to the end. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I got power and I'm going forward and nothing is going to stop me. <clears throat> well, praise God for that power. But remember again, there is an aspect where we have to remember that power is only available to those who are willing to die. And it's a death that we need to walk in daily. Let us take heart this morning and trust God to work a deeper how, would I, how should I say this morning? Trust God. Lord, help me to die. That we can die this week when something comes up, when something kind of upsets us or something whatever. That we see that flesh, that self coming up and we say no.